Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. AFC South Preview and more. We've got a lot in, in store for you this week, and we're going to be breaking down the AFC South. And as usual, it's Takun Wong, Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time, and Ryan Whitfield, Senior Staff Writer at Football Garbage Time. How are you doing, Ryan? All right, not too bad. So, i got to ask you this, Ryan, because, uh, and if I remember correctly, the answer is no, but do you watch Game of Thrones? I do not, unfortunately. I'm still to this day, oh. I watched the, the original episode, and I just did it. Hasn't, uh, hasn't caught on to me yet, but it's, it's not off the list to, to try, so don't worry. Okay. Um, I'll see it eventually. It okay, so I'm kind of envious of you because you have a whole lot of series to catch up on, so that's actually a pretty good place to be, although you might not feel that way. I'm telling you, you're going to be hooked when you watch it. So I, I will not go spoilers of anybody this week, but I was really looking forward to this week's episode. It totally blew me away. And uh, but now it's over, so now I can uh, I can focus back on football again. So let's get let's go ahead and get rolling in this week's news. All right, we got a lot to talk about this week, and um, actually a lot of it is not really related to the field. A lot of it is off the field stuff. Now later on down in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the AFC South and break them down for 2017, as we've been breaking down each of the divisions over the last month or so. But first, I want to start with some news. First of all, it's O.J. Simpson, who's turned 70 this month, was released on parole after serving nine years in a Nevada jail on armed robbery charges. Based on a armed robbery uh, he, so he, he committed back in Las Vegas uh, many, many years ago. And this was a situation where he thought that someone had uh, essentially stole some of, uh, some of the, his memorabilia and he wanted to get it back and had brought a gun with him. So a lot of poor choices made there. And the book was thrown at him. He was given nine to 33 years. Uh, so this was a really interesting turn of events that, and the first time he's come up with parole, he has been, he's been released. So tell me, what do you think about, what do you think about this? Any, anything newsworthy to take away from this, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, today was definitely a, a surreal moment watching, uh, you know, I, I was watching it live on, uh, I don't know, one of the local news channels, uh, Facebook live feed on it. Um, but it is, uh, you know, for me, I was six years old during the Bronco chase and I was seven years old when, uh, he was, you know, I found, or, you know, found not guilty. Let's say innocent. Um, so it was, uh, you know, kind of crazy to me that, you know, I feel disconnected from it, but then, then I hear him talking in court today and you know, through documentaries and watching enough, um, you know, uh, coverage on it over the years. I, I, I right. recognize his voice, and like it does, it's not that like he is still such a big celebrity. Um, the whole the whole proceeding was weird. Um, he's still up there. I mean, he was not remorseful. He was still up there trying to prove his innocence. Um, you know, right. and you just said it, and I know a lot of people talk about this, but um, the lost detail is that when they they did go up there for his stuff, but they also um, I forget what the other memorabilia in question was, but um, he did not just take his stuff back. They they right, took other right. uh, other memorabilia, which was stolen in the first place. So you know what what a crime what a what a crime that is. But um, <laughs> right. but yeah, I mean at the end of the day they threw the book at him. You know um, this was retribution yeah. for 
for, uh, you know, uh, obviously the, the Nevada judge did not, uh, original judge here, I, I don't think believed or agreed with the decision in L.A. Uh, years ago because um, everything that they could throw at him, they did. I mean, 33 years, I mean, they, you know, because they closed the hotel room door and said, um, you can't leave. They constituted that as kidnapping, which I guess by the letter of the law it was. But that's a pretty perverse um, use of the term kidnapping, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty uh, long story short, it was uh, it was pretty crazy, and it's funny. He's he was in there schmoozing, making jokes with uh, with the you know the original uh, I guess uh, party that he harmed uh, originally, and he's in there trying to crack jokes with the parole board, and so it was uh, you know he hasn't changed one bit. So I don't think he learned yeah. any lessons. No, it's a little odd. I guess you must you you've seen the uh, ESPN special, right? Made OJ made for America. Have you seen that, Ryan? Yes, I have. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, so it's actually it's. I mean, that, they talked a lot about that too, and it puts a lot of things in perspective. So you know, I don't I don't want to say good, bad, or otherwise, but you know, the fact of the matter is that for the crime he actually committed in this instance in Nevada. Nine years seems sufficient. So that you know that that parole didn't really take me by surprise that much. I mean, the nine to thirty-three was was a little bit excessive for that. Now, you know, if you want to say that it was some sort of retribution, quote unquote, for uh, past issues regarding the entire thing that went down in L.A., you know, clearly people can feel different ways about that. But I think just on the letter of the law, the fact that he served his nine years for this particular incident. Uh, was probably sufficient, and any other person probably would have just gotten nine years or ten years anyway. So I don't really see it as super significant. But you're right; it's a, it's like nothing sunk in. It's like he's just the same guy that he was before. But hey, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, he's going to be definitely a, a cultural icon and, and definitely something that will be talked about for many years in the future. But uh, probably and maybe most likely the end of the story. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen next? All right, let's just go ahead and, and turn to something more recent, and that's. Uh, Guess what? Uh, that's Ezekiel Elliott getting in trouble again. Yeah, that's right. Ezekiel Elliott is now involved in a nightclub alter, altercation, but no charges have been filed because, surprise, surprise, the police can't locate the victim and no witnesses are talking. Now, originally, the victim was, I believe, was a DJ there, had apparently got in the face of uh, Zeke Elliott and his friends, uh, somebody commented that a, a, somebody threw a punch over Zeke's shoulder and that it wasn't Zeke. Uh, I know, hey, who knows? Because there's no apparently no video of the actual incident. There's only video of the guy on the ground. Um, so what are your thoughts on the Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Elliott incident and what has happened so far on top of all the other things that have been happening for him off the field? Yeah, just, uh, you know, he's he's, he's going to get lucky on this one, obviously. Um you know, witnesses not talking, the victim disappearing, and, and all that is uh, obviously <laughs> right. playing in his favor. But you know, the guy's been in the in the league one year, and uh, this is uh, just his—I mean, already his second incident. So, um, you know, I don't know how you could have faith as a Dallas fan or as a fan of Ezekiel or just you know, bystander at all, with no rooting party, that um, that you know, this is a kid who's going to figure it out, and so he just left in the hard way. Um, so, you know, there was. He was outspoken in college, um, throwing his coaches under the bus. And, hey, you know, it works for some guys. Um, Richard Sherman's been outspoken his whole career, and it hasn't really affected him too harshly, I don't think, obviously. Um, but, I don't know, when you, when you have that, he kind of shoots his way out of town, and you had all the complaints about play calling 
um, which is abnormal for a college student. You'll hear that in professional sports sometimes, but it's okay, not right. it's not often players do that. And then the domestic abuse thing, and now this, and it's just um, you know he has ten game suspension written all over him at some point. So, yeah, um, like up. he's dodging a bullet again here, but um, you know you keep keep dancing in front of bullets. Eventually, uh, one's going to hit you. Yeah, and of course Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Of the Cowboys, he's been dodging questions about it all day and all week, and he's actually said, well, you know, he's just got to used to the fact that he's a rock star. You know, I don't know about you, but most rock stars that I know of don't get involved with domestic violence disputes and then start punching DJs in uh, nightclubs. But, hey, what do I know? I'm not well, a rock star. So. Sorry? I said, well, the entertaining ones do. <laughs> well, then, then it makes Zeke, I guess that makes Zeke entertaining, I suppose, in some ways. All right, let's let's move. So this that's not all the problems that the Cowboys are having right now. Their third round pick out of Michigan, Jordan Lewis, uh, had a misdemeanor domestic violence charge pressed against him in Ann Arbor, Michigan. When he was in Michigan, apparently he grabbed his then girlfriend by the neck, pushed her face into the ground, and held it there while she was trying to leave his apartment. And then um, at some point, let her go. Uh, of course, charges were filed. They were trying to negotiate some sort of plea deal, and that is a no-go. They're going to trial on Monday now, and uh, his attorney thinks it's going to be over by Tuesday or so. What are your thoughts about this? Jordan Lewis coming in, uh, pretty big talent, uh, could probably help their defense, but you know this is another off-field issue that's kind of following the Cowboys. Yeah, you reap what you sow. Um, couldn't happen to a classier franchise, a classier person. Um, this is a man who routinely, I don't think he'll, I mean, maybe he'll face league discipline, but you know he won't face discipline from the team um, because it, it seems like Jerry Jones only uh, uh, seeks out people who uh, beat women. So, um, oh, you know, it, uh, maybe, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a deep south thing. Um, but, you know, oh, it's a guy who's ruminating on Adrian Peterson and just, you know, you, you put enough bad guys in a spot and, that's the culture they have there. So I'm sure this was, you know, to the outside world, it's a big thing. And I'm sure inside, inside the, the compound there, um, you know, Jerry Jones world, uh, that his teammates are like, Oh, Hey, me too. So, um, you know, you get what you do. This is, this is karma. This is, uh, this is what you get for signing Greg Hardy. Um, you know, wow. your, your team, your team is cursed. This team won't win, uh, anything until this man's out of power or he, uh, seeks some kind of retribution. But, uh, as far as I concerned, as I'm concerned, um, after you gave Greg Hardy a second chance after what he did, you get everything you deserve, Jerry. So, uh, wow. you know, for his uh, stance on Deflategate a couple years ago with saying um, sometimes you gotta, sometimes you got to deal with the unpopular decisions, well, uh, I hope when, uh, when all his guys start getting suspended, uh, he doesn't cry about it because uh, you'll get no sympathy from me. Right. Well, um, so, Ryan, being the lightning rod as well as not unsurprising – uh, so everybody tweet at Ryan <laughs> if you had any comment on that. All right, let's yeah, uh, let's move along. <laughs> let's move along to some let's move along to some previews, shall we? All right, let's move along to the AFC South, <laughs> generally thought of as bottom dwellers, particularly with the underperforming Indianapolis Colts, who've generally been uh, very solid in the past uh, until, of course, Peyton Manning left and, of course, the numerous uh, numerous uh, issues with, uh, with uh, their current, uh, current guys on the field. Um, so let's see. Let's start with the Houston Texans. In 2016, they were 9-7. They ended up first in the AFC South. They lost in the AFC Divisional Round in the playoffs. Their significant, their big-time additions all came in the draft this year. 
in the form of quarterback Deshaun Watson, which was a big need for them. And they had linebacker Zach Cunningham and running back Deonta Foreman as well in the third round. Now, who they lost? Well, this wasn't much of a loss. They got rid of Brock Osweiler, Albatross, which they overpaid for. And they lost uh, cornerback A.J. Boy and, and safety Quentin Demps, linebacker John Simon, and, uh, and a few others here and there. So what are your thoughts on the Houston Texans in 2017? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm high on this team. Um, I like Deshaun Watson a lot. I think he was absolutely the best, uh, the best quarterback in this draft, um, which makes uh, the Cleveland Browns move even more mystifying. But it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, the yep. Browns uh, – Sorry, the Chicago Bears there with the Trubisky pick. Um, but well, with that being said, um, uh, yeah, well, yeah, but uh, you know, I like what the Browns did. Um, but I, I think I think Deshaun Watson steps in and he doesn't need to be great. I mean, think about it. They, you know, they made the playoffs last year. They won the AFC South again, and they pushed the Patriots in the first half of that game. Um, what ended up happening down the stretch of that game is that Brock Osweiler sucks. So you know, all you need you don't need Deshaun Watson to come in and have an incredible rookie year. You need him to come in and be better than Brock Osweiler, which isn't, isn't hard to do. Um, hopefully Will Fuller uh, can get rid of the stone hands a little bit this year. It looked like yep. for the first like five or six weeks that he had cured that ailment. Um, you know, obviously me and you were huge Will Fuller fans uh, being from Notre yep. Dame, but um, down the stretch, um, he reverted right back to, to the guy who's uh, trick or treat. So if he can, if he can string it together, um, I, I think Fedorowicz is good enough at tight end. Um, Lamar Miller in the backfield is good enough, and obviously Hopkins goes without saying. And then that defense, um, my only concern and question would be the loss of Bowie. Um, him, that, that defense has been good, you know, good. I would never say great, but good for years. Um, but Clowney's surgeons last year, uh, you know, paired with Bowie being a, a really good number two corner, um, really solidified, made them a very dangerous defense. So um, the loss of him, I think uh, even though it's their number two corner, obviously behind Jonathan Joseph, um, losing losing that that guy in a passing league, they could take a, a small step back on defense. But um, I think their offense will take enough of a step forward that uh, they should be vying for um, a trip to the AFC Championship, where you know we all know who's going to win it. But, um, right. but they should at least <laughs> fight for fight for that consolation prize, which is is, is making it there this year. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty high on this team, too, but it really does hinge on whether Deshaun Watson ends up being a guy, because obviously Savage is not the guy. Um, maybe he's a stopgap solution. He's not going to carry them anywhere. Deshaun Watson's going to have to step up and play relatively soon in the season, I think. But let's recap. I mean, the fact of the matter is the Texans really traded away their future in order to get Osweiler last year. They traded away their first and second pick in 2018 uh, in, order to get, in order to replace Osweiler. So, you know, the fact of the matter is now they're pretty much invested. You know, they... They, they now don't have picks for quite, you know, they've wasted a lot of picks now if you add up all they've spent in order to get Osweiler and in order to get Watson. So if Watson does not work out for them, there's not much for them in the next, in the next, couple, of, in the next couple of years unless they get lucky and some, uh, some, some quarterback falls into their lap. So this is going to be a really, uh, really defining season for them, whether they can turn it around and be relevant or not this year. So do you have any predictions on how they're going to end up in 2017? Yeah, I have them going 11 and five, and um, I do have them uh, losing to the Patriots in the AFC Championship this year. Wow! Oh, wow! That's uh, that's pretty good. All right, so let's move on to the next uh, the next team, and that is the Indianapolis Colts. So the Indianapolis Colts were eight and eight in 2016. They ended up third in the AFC South. 
some of the big-time uh, additions there came in the draft. They decided to go with defense. They got Malik Hooker in the first round, Quincy Wilson in the second round, Terrell Basham in the third round, and they even picked up a running back in Marlon Mack at the fourth round, uh, likely to kind of back up the fact that Frank Gore is not going to be Frank Gore forever. Uh, and then in the free agency, they also went defense with Javal Shared and John Simon at linebacker. And possibly uh, notable, they got uh, Kamara Aiken uh, as a wide receiver. I'm not sure how much of a, of a role he will play moving forward, but he's had flashes when he was in Baltimore. Um, and the, on the loss column, they did uh, lose Dwayne Allen at tight end, but that's not terrible in this, in this, in this uh, situation. And they lost a little bit of defense in Paul Jackson and Mike Adams. So what are your thoughts on the Indianapolis Colts? And obviously Andrew Luck has had some trouble staying on the field of late. Uh, He's obviously going to be really important to whether they can be a contending team or not. Well, how do you feel about the Colts? Yeah, you know, the Colts are are a long way from where they were in 2014, the AFC Championship. Um, They have a long rebuilding process at this point, if you ask me. Um, they They have to fix the trenches. They're not good enough on the offensive line or the defensive line. They're not good enough running or stopping the run. They, um, they're, you know, they're fine passing the ball. And Andrew Luck, I've been in this debate a lot on, on the internet uh, the last two years about Andrew Luck being injury prone. He's not injury prone. He's got a Swiss cheese offensive line, and all they want to run is seven-step drops. So when you put those two together, you're going to get beat up. And, you know, they, you talk about certain guys being an old you know, late twenties, and you know Andrew Luck is that guy. There's a lot of lot of tread on those tires. It already feels like he's taken enough punishment for for 12 seasons at quarterback. I mean, this is a league that protects the quarterback, yeah. and you know, it's partly the way he plays with the scrambling, extending plays, but also a lot of the you know the play calling they do. And so I think that's going to be an issue. Jamal Sheard's a nice, not a not a bad addition. He's a he's a good addition. I think he's misused on this team. Because he's another outside pass rusher, you know, and it's historically what the Colts do. Uh, it, it has to come from Ursay down because it doesn't matter what general manager, what head coach, what the roster uh, needs are. They continue just to, to draft outside speed positions, and you know, I think personally that those are the most important positions in, in the NFL today. But you gotta, you gotta have some kind of toughness. It is still football. It's not flag football. And you know the Colts would be a really good flag football team. But at the end of the day, as long as Steven <laughs> wow. goes out there and puts up my, uh, puts up points for my fantasy team, I don't really care about the rest of what happens in. <laughs> All right. Well, let me say this. I think, uh, I think you're right. I think they didn't do anything to shore up that offensive line, and that is going to be a problem because Andrew Luck is their franchise, and if he keeps getting hurt, he's just not going to be able to play. And we've seen that already. We've seen what can happen when Andrew Luck gets hit too many times. It's just not a good thing for the Colts. But what I can say is I think they've done a good job addressing their needs on defense. Now, I I know it's not perfect, but I do think the additions they've made in the offseason, you know, getting Malik Hooker in the first round, I thought was a good get where they were. I mean, he kind of fell late in the draft because of the surprise things that surprising things that the Bears did, for instance, and the surprising things that the Titans did, taking Corey Davis at five. I think they kind of pushed Malik Hooker down, and that was a good get for them. And then they got Quincy Wilson, they got Terrell Basham. I, I think that they they certainly were working hard to fill some gaps on their defense. Now, whether that's going to be good enough or not to keep them winning is a big question mark to me because, uh, as you say. 
you know, the offensive line is incredibly important, and the Colts did nothing to really address that except for drafting a guy, I believe, in the fourth round or so. And it's just not, not so, and it was more of a developmental project. So I just don't think there's, they've done anything in order to address that. And you just got to hope that uh, Frank Gore is Frank Gore, and then Marlon Mack can step in and actually take some pressure off him. Any predictions for how the Colts are going to end up in 2017? Yeah, 6-10 um, vying for last in the, in the South. Wow, six and ten! Holy cow! I I think I don't think they're gonna fall. I I actually have uh have them finishing much better than that, but uh, six and ten is pretty bold. So that means when we turn to these other guys, you have them finishing better. Let's turn to the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2016. Only won three games, three and thirteen. They ended up last in the AFC South. Big time additions here in free agency. They got uh, they got they addressed their defense of Kellis Campbell, of AJ Bowie with Barry Church. They uh, picked up in the first round <laughs> it's Ryan's favorite, Leonard Burnett. And they also picked up in the second round Cam Robinson on their offensive line. They got Tom Coughlin as a new executive vice president of football operations. Obviously, he's had success down there in Jacksonville before, and they got a new head coach with Doug Marone. Uh, and they lost a few people as well. I mean, they lost uh, they lost uh, Princeton Nakamura. They lost Kevin Beecham on the, on the on the on the offensive side, and Luke Jokel on the offensive side, and Johnson Cyprian on the as a safety. So, what are your thoughts about the Jacksonville Jaguars? Clearly, you think they're going to take a step forward this year. Yeah, I mean, I think they have to. Um, they're like the Browns. I'm just going to keep buying in on both teams every year until. Until uh, one of them pops, you know, you do the rain dance long enough, and eventually it rains. So, um, <laughs> right. you know, I, I think I think they take a step forward this year. Um, Allen Robinson cannot be as bad as he was last year. I just refuse to believe it. And um, you know, he had a really down year, so I think he bounces back. Allen Hurts is a good number two guy. I think Blake Bortles will be better than he was last year. Obviously, head coach is a huge um, question mark. I think Doug Marone's kind of a boob. So. Um, but I do like Tom Coughlin being there because I'm a big Tom Coughlin fan. Um, every every program he's ever touched, from Boston College football to the Jaguars, the first stint to um, to the Giants. You know, he's had success. He's just you know, he, I know he's up there in age, but he gets to be a little bit more hands off. But it can hopefully change the culture there. Um, so, and I like what they did on defense. I like Bowie, and I um, and while I think Elias Campbell's a little bit overrated. Um, I think he's better than what they had, and they, and they invested a lot last year into the defense. And um, you know, you got uh, Jalen Ramsey in his second year, and, uh, and I think Barry Church is one of the more underrated guys in football, which seems weird because I feel like guys get overrated in Dallas. But for whatever reason, I've always thought Barry Church was underrated. So um, I think the defense will be better. I think the offense will be better, and I, I think that they're uh, they're able to to push 500 this year. So either. Seven and nine or eight and eight, but um, you know they're they're the one. I said the them and the Colts will be vying for last, but I think they edge out the Colts at the, in the end here. Wow, yo, I, I still think the Colts have a much better offense than the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it's interesting because I, I think the Jaguars also decided to go defense, and I think they did a great job shoring up their defense in both the draft and in uh, free agency. But keep in mind, I saw this really incredible stat of the guys they picked up in free agency in 2014 and 2015. None of them are still on the team. None of them. So they, they actually picked up, you know, let's see, three, four, five, six, seven big-time free agents in 2014 and 2015. None of them remain on the team. So obviously bad moves there set them back. And the guys they picked up in 2016, only one of them was actually uh, has been a, a solid contributor, and that's Malik Jackson. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a question mark whether Blake Bortles can get back on the horse and start being productive, 
whether Leonard Fournette actually moves anything forward on that offense. I mean, there's a lot of big question marks for me, but I think it all just kind of hinges on whether Bortles is Bortles from 2016 or Bortles from 2015. Because we thought that he was going to break out. Everyone thought he was going to break out after a magnificent performance in 2015. and 2016, he regressed dramatically, and it was a mess. I think the Jaguars are probably going to be last in the AFC South. Uh, I actually think the Colts have a chance to be first in the AFC South. So, so that will be an interesting thing to see as we kind of get down into the season. So let's turn to our last team in the AFC South, and that is the Tennessee Titans. So the Titans, uh, they were 9-7 and seven in 2016, second in the AFC South. Their uh, big-time additions came in, uh, in free agency and in the draft. They managed to pick up uh, Logan Ryan at cornerback, Sylvester Williams at defensive tackle, Jonathan Cyprian at safety. They managed to draft Corey Davis, again, surprisingly, at five overall. And then they got Adoree Jackson uh, also in the first round at cornerback, and they got another wide receiver in K1 Taylor in the third round, uh, who they lost with nothing of any significance in, in offense, but they did lose Sean Spence on uh, linebacker, and they, uh, they, got, they lost Chance uh, Warmack on, along the line. So, what are your thoughts about the Tennessee Titans in 2017? Sorry, Tennessee difficulties there. Um, no, I, I, you know, I think the Titans are a borderline playoff team fighting for a wild card spot. I like them at like the 10 and 6 range. Um, I think their defense played well last year. I think they continued to improve it there. Um, and I think they did well in the draft. I know Corey Davis was a reach, um, but he's my ideal type receiver. Um, and I love the idea of giving Mariota more weapons. Um, I love the way the guy's built. I love the way he plays. I think he's physical. And uh, I had him going in the first round. I think in our mock draft, I took him around 18 with the Ravens pick, which I think that was a bit of a reach in our draft. So five was obviously a reach. But at the end of the day, um, you know, you, you identify your guy and you go pick him. So, if, if they think he's the guy, then go get him. I don't care where you're sitting. You know, you don't, that's what makes the draft fun. And um, you got to trust your evaluators. And I think, I think the kid's going to be a star in the league. So you got a young quarterback who's only progressing. Uh, you got a young running back with a good veteran running back. Um, and then now you have, you know, obviously a good tight end option with Delaney Walker. And you had this kid in there. I think the offense can be even better than it was last year. And I think they can, uh, they can push for a playoff spot, whether or not they make it. I haven't got that far in my head uh, who the wild card teams will be this year in the conference, but um, you know, I think they'll uh, they'll be right there fighting for it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that they actually did. I think the Titans did a good job kind of building around what they had. I mean, they knew that Marcus Mariota was going to be the center of their offense. They knew they had um, two great running backs back there in, uh, in Murray and, and Henry. So, you know, why why not start building around that and giving an improving support system? Now, keep in mind that that, uh, that number five overall pick, I believe, came from the Rams. Uh, which they got from uh, uh, trading away the first round, uh, first number one, number one overall pick last year, so that the Rams would go out and waste that on Jared Goff. So, you know, maybe they felt a little cavalier at number five. They needed a receiver. Uh, they decided they got to get the fastest, one of the fastest and, uh, and uh, best hands in the draft. Uh, you know, it's a little early, in my opinion, but hey, that's the team need, it's a team need. And uh, who are we to say if that's going to not pan out for them? And they did have a number, another number of first round picks later on in the draft in which they took the Dory Jackson. And, you know, Jackson is a, is a pretty solid cornerback coming out of USC. I think that can immediately uh, have an impact on uh, their defense and uh, keep and, and, and not take the pressure off Mariota because Mariota had to do a lot of uh, catch-up 
in 20 uh, in 2016, and then I think they're hoping to take that pressure off of him in 2017. So, you know, I actually like what the Tennessee Titans have done a lot. Uh, I actually think the Titans and the Colts will buy for the top of the AFC South, uh, and then we'll see where they go from there. I don't know. Uh, I don't know <laughs> how they'll do in the playoffs from that point forward. So. Your thoughts are that uh, that the uh, Texans are going to be the far and away, uh, the top of the AFC South, and then the Colts and Jaguars at the bottom. Titans, perhaps a wild card team. Is that what your thought is? Yeah, overall, that's my uh, that's my thoughts. I think you're absolutely crazy for buying in on this Colts team. So, uh, but then again, you're <laughs> the guy who told me last year Jordan Howard was uh, wasn't going to be anything special. In the oh league, my so. God, they're never going to live that really down. Am I? Preseason preseason predictions. I I, I don't uh, feel good about it. All right, all right, all right, all right. So let's, let's go ahead and put the skids on. We're out of time, everybody. Ring the bell. All right. So, Ryan, give us your Twitter and Instagram account so people can follow you. Yeah, so Instagram, let's keep it professional. It's football underscore garbage underscore time. Um, for for the, the lunatic Dallas fans who want to defend me or come defend the team against my comments that they love women beaters, um, you can oh find me God. at Ryan Whitfield, N-E as in New England. Okay, and don't forget that we are doing our fantasy football mock draft on Twitter right now. Follow us at hashtag FGT mock draft. We're going to be doing that over the next couple of days, and then we're going to put an article on our site for you. Uh, you can follow me at FB Garbage Time, and until next week, enjoy your NFL week. Enjoy your Greg Hardy comma, Dallas. Oh my god, you are just asking for it, Ryan. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs>